The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at NewBalance.com. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads ensure you can take on any adventure. Available H-Track all-wheel drives so you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Standard third-row seating so your whole family can experience the thrill together. Available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead phone. Whether you're tailgating out in the dirt lot, Carter Finley, shout out Carter Finley, or whether you're whitewater rafting, taking the entire family on an adventurous trip, maybe you're out camping at Mount Rogers. I used to go as a kid, wish my parents had a Hyundai Santa Fe. The Hyundai Santa Fe is perfect for your family outing. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. What's up, everyone, and welcome to a special Dynasty edition of the Pick 6 Podcast. I'm John Breach, and I am here with Tyler Sullivan. Uh, and Sully, just so you know, we are talking about Dynasties today, but we are not talking about your favorite 1980 show, Dynasty. So I don't want to hear about it. <laughs> Only Dynasties. Is that good? Can you handle that? That's fine. I thought this was a Diners, Drive-Ins, and Dives. That's what I thought it was. The Dine threw me off. So it's fine. It's fine. We can talk football. I'll be doing that next week with Guy Fieri <laughs> after I stalk him, find him, and make him do a podcast with me. Uh, speaking of podcasts, this episode of Pick 6 is presented by FanDuel Sportsbook. Make every moment more. Uh, now, people might be wondering, this is about the third time in a row I've seen Solly and Breach. What the heck is going on? Does anybody else even work there anymore? <laughs> Do those guys take the company hostage? What is going on? Uh, nope. Well, there's no best bet show right now because uh, Brinson, I think, is locked himself in a windowless closet till he comes up with the best bets. Wilson's in Alabama. Katie, I think, is still dealing with Delta. Too many things going on. It is me and Solly right now talking dynasties. And Sullivan, the reason I brought you here is because as someone who grew up a Patriots fan, you knew you know way more about dynasties than I do. Uh, as a Bengals fan, I didn't even know what the word dynasty was until producer Harry put it on the script uh, about an hour ago. This is the first I've ever heard of this word. Uh, so we'll see how this goes because I'm completely in the dark here. Let's start. Uh, let's just start. What is a dynasty? What in the NFL is a dynasty? So I want to know your definition. Talk to me. So I think that when we're talking about dynasties, it cannot be, it has to, you have to have championships, obviously. And I think it needs to be three championships in a matter of six years. I think that's the kind of max that you can have. And and there's a little bit of nuance to that as well, because if you kind of go in and out and have quarterback changes or head coaching changes and the cast and the characters aren't necessarily the same, I don't think that we're talking about a dynasty. I think you need to have a run of success 
that has gone at least six years and that has produced multiple Super Bowls, in my opinion, that would be three. I think two, maybe sprinkled in with a couple appearances, you could kind of maybe talk me into that. But I think it needs to be an overwhelmingly, you're winning 50% of the time over a six-year stretch with the same quarterback, with the same head coach, relative same cast of characters. So, and I mean... I guess we'll talk about this when we get to the Chiefs part of this dynasty. Uh, but that three seems to be a key number because the Chiefs are going for their third Super Bowl win up here. Third win in five seasons. Um, and we can talk about a few of those teams that would fit Solly's definition. Uh, one team that wouldn't, the 1990s Buffalo Bills. They went to four straight Super Bowls. You don't see them. No dynasty because no titles. No. And I think that it's very important that we have a very high bar of what we call a dynasty. I, I think that I don't think that the NFL should get into the NBA Hall of Fame kind of category where everybody gets in. Everybody's called a dynasty. This is hallowed ground. We're talking about some of the greatest runs that this sport can produce. And if we're going to say just getting there is worthy of being called a dynasty no no no. you need to win you had a great run i'm not you know really trying to dump on what you were able to accomplish but there was another level that you could go to there was another pantheon that you could bring yourself to so as much as the buffalo bills were successful they didn't meet that ultimate goal of getting a Lombardi trophy and not even just not getting one they didn't get multiple which is again was what i consider to be a dynasty Okay, well, I'm glad you said no. I knew you were going to say no to that one, but this one I'm more interested in because this is a team the Bills lost to twice. Uh, I want to this. This is the one that I think really shapes the definition, and and I don't know where to put them. And that is the 1990s Cowboys. They won three Super Bowls in four years. You mentioned one part of your definition was same quarterback, same head coach. Well, only two of those Super Bowls were with the same head coach because you had one with Barry Switzer. They did nothing really after that, nothing really before that in, in the five or six years before that. And so you're talking about a team that was basically great for four years, but has nothing else going on. So does that make you a dynasty or is this they had a great run, not a dynasty? No, I would still consider that one a dynasty. And as much as I say, oh, you do need a, you know, the head coach and the in the quarterback as and long as you years, have and six years, six years criteria. I still consider that one a dynasty. You won three championships over a span of four years. I mean, that's still pretty remarkable. I'm talking about, I'm giving you the wiggle room from the six-year window. I'm giving you the wiggle room to win three titles. You crunch it down in four. That's, that's fantastic. Go for it. But the fact that they were able to do that in such a short window, I would consider that a dynasty. Half a decade almost, that's, that's very good. That is interesting. I'm sure you will not get any hate mail from Dallas now calling that a dynasty. Uh, unlike you will from this morning's emergency Dan Quinn podcast, where you said the Cowboys are going to finish in last place in the MC East next year. That's exactly what I said. Um, <laughs> can you, like, what do you feel about dynasties as they happen? I mean, you're the Patriots fan. When did you start thinking, man, this team might actually be a dynasty? I mean, it's interesting. I mean, you, obviously, when they win the second one, and you're like, you know, because you got to remember, they, they weren't that competitive in 2002. I believe they missed the playoffs. And so, you know, you win that one in 2001. It's just a remarkable season. Bledsoe goes down. Brady comes out of nowhere. And you're kind of still trying to figure out who you are. Brady comes in in 2003. They go back to back in 2004. First time we've seen that. You know, we haven't seen it since. 
that is when you start to say, okay, this team is is certainly a dynasty. And, you know, it's tough to use the Patriots as a comparison because, and we'll talk about it, I mean, they they just go so long, so it kind of changes the definition. A lot of people say that, oh, it was actually two dynasties or, or whatever you want to call it. That's neither here nor there, really. They're just a tough team to kind of use as the example because we haven't seen it in that, in that long of a stretch. But to me, I think that, as weird as it sounds, I, honestly, the 2007 season to me was when it was, okay, this team is – just uh, a, a different stratosphere of a of a run that we're seeing in the NFL. Obviously, didn't win the win the Super Bowl, but they were a team. Clearly, we're going on a different level, different pantheon. And those later Super Bowls were were massive for for their overall arc. But I think pretty early on, when you start to see them win that second one, and the fact that they're bringing in Rodney Harrison and they're adding these weapons on defense, that's when you see them going to a different level. Well, let's see. We have two teams. In the Super Bowl this year, who I think could both make the argument, you have a budding dynasty in the Chiefs, and you have another one in the 49ers that seems like if they win this year, that could kickstart a dynasty based on what they've done under Kyle Shanahan. Do you feel that same way? Yeah, I'm, I'm really interested with the 49ers and kind of – who they're going to be. I think, you know, this is obviously a, a monster legacy Super Bowl. And you're talking about maybe kicking off a dynasty. I, I almost wonder if they lose this game to Kansas City, are they the modern day Buffalo Bills? The kind of, of the 90s. The modern, the, the, the dynasty that kind of never was. Because they've been to a Super Bowl. They're now appearing in a second one. It seems like every single year... They're in an NFC championship. They're pegged by many as a Super Bowl betting favorite, a preseason darling. They have all the talent in the world. And just those breaks that need to go your way, whether it's luck or what have you, it just doesn't seem like it's been going San Francisco's way. So if they don't win this one, I, I think the, the narrative kind of changes a little bit. Sure, of course, they're going to be talented. They're going to be great down, down the line because they have a ton of talent, but are they able to reach that ceiling? Are they able to be a Super Bowl champion? Or are they going to be one of these teams that is kind of lost in history because they never were able to climb that mountaintop? So right now, I mean, we're talking about them teetering on 90s Bills territory as opposed to sparking off some sort of dynasty. Yeah, and if you don't win one, it is easy to get forgotten history. And even, I would say, an almost better comparison might be the Eagles. Uh, during their run with Andy Reid, where they did get the one Super Bowl, but they lost. And then you look at what else they did in their NFC title games. I think they went to they went to four straight NFC title games, lost the first three, finally broke through and won one, uh, and then got to the Super Bowl. And then they got to another NFC title game in 2008. So you're talking about a team that went to five NFC title games between 2001 and 2008, but didn't have a Super Bowl to show for it. So it was just everyone, I mean, they don't forget about it, but it, you just, it's not a team you talk about as a dominant team. Uh, and one more team that really kind of proves this point that if you don't win the Super Bowl, that eventually it's going to be remembered as the team that couldn't do it, whether you buckled under the pressure. The Los Angeles Rams, Tyler, went to, uh, let's see, five NFC championship games in six years in the 70s. Did you know that? Nope. Yeah, exactly. Because <laughs> they didn't win a Super Bowl. That's that's really what it comes down to. You have a team. It's a great point. 
five NFC title games in six years. And I would say that most NFL fans probably didn't know that. And it's because they didn't win a Super Bowl. And that's really what it comes down to. And if you're the 49ers and you win this year, like that flips everything because then you have the two or you have one Super Bowl, but you have two Super Bowl appearances in uh, what five seasons. You have four NFC title game appearances in five seasons. Then in 2024, does it would feel like if they're coming off a Super Bowl win this season, does it feel like 2024 is where, hey, if they win it again, this is a dynasty now? Right. I think that then you're saying, okay, the, the you know, they've found their quarterback. Brock Purdy's clearly the guy. You can start to get those wheels in motion. So, yeah, I mean, this could, this is, I, you can even argue as crazy as it sounds, this is a, a bigger legacy game for San Francisco than it is for Kansas City. And Kansas City could win their third Super Bowl in five years. It's it's remarkable that they'd actually be called a dynasty. So it is pretty remarkable when you kind of put it in that context. But I, I certainly think that's the case because this has been a team that for, for years now, they've just been plagued with injuries, plagued with quarterback uncertainty. And for most other teams, that would be a death sentence. The fact that Jimmy Garoppolo gets hurt, you finally get a good, healthy season from him, you make it to a Super Bowl, but he can't make that last pass. And all of a sudden you say, okay, he's clearly not the guy to take us to that next pinnacle. Let's trade up to number three overall and go get Trey Lance. We give up all of these assets and it blows up in our face. But for whatever reason, they have the stability and the structure to absorb something that really should be franchise shattering. They find Brock Purdy with the last overall pick. He proves to be the guy. And they kind of land on, I mean, not kind of, they landed on their feet. They're in the Super Bowl. So the fact that those things are breaking their way, and if they can get over the hump now with Kyle Shanahan and Brock Purdy, you can kind of project going forward this team could be the favorite for multiple seasons to come. And it's funny you brought up Kyle Shanahan because I feel like he is the one guy in the Super Bowl who has more pressure on him than anyone. I mean, look, there's no pressure on Andy Reid anymore. He got that Super Bowl. He got the monkey off his back. Uh, now he has two Super Bowl rings. Now he's trying to etch his name as one of the best coaches in NFL history, top three coach. You get a third Super Bowl, you're in that argument. Maybe he beats Bill Belichick to, to, to the all-time wins record at the rate things are going. It would be crazy for him to pass Belichick. That would have been crazy to think about two or three years ago, but now it seems absolutely possible. With Shanahan, though, it is you have a guy who was the offensive coordinator for a team that blew a 28-3 lead in the Super Bowl. You have a guy who was the head coach for the second-largest blown lead in a Super Bowl with the 49ers blowing a 10-point lead in the fourth quarter to the Chiefs. The last time these two teams played, uh, so it just feels like they have to get this or there is no dynasty. It's just not happening. For sure. And, and, and to go beyond the dynasty thing, too, we're talking legacies. You know, you mentioned Andy Reid there. For years, we were clowning on Andy Reid and his clock management. I mean, it was a meme. It was a joke. Anytime there was some clock management situation that he blundered, everybody would clown on him. You don't hear that now. You don't hear any of that. You don't. You don't see that because obviously you have Patrick Mahomes, who's a, an unreal game manager, but he's also backed it up with wins. If Kyle Shanahan is able to get a Super Bowl or two under his belt, all of those kind of side stories go away, especially during an, uh, during a playoff run where we're seeing him overcome a what was it a seventeen point deficit against the Lions in the NFC Championship? I mean, right. the fact that you're able to overcome now those blown leads and win a title, all of those narratives will go away. 
just like Andy Reid and the clock management, you put some Lombardis behind you. All those little things that people used to pick and prod at you, they kind of get a little faded on in the background. Right, but the flip side is, if you don't get it, it just exacerbates the sure. pressure and it just gets worse. And uh, Kyle Shanahan can't win the big game. Kyle Shanahan melts down in key situations. I mean, that's all anybody was talking about after the Packers game. They four hours won, but it was still, man, Kyle Shanahan had no idea what he was doing with his clock management at the end of the first half. It was kind of picking apart what he did because the four hours didn't win by more when they were a one seed playing a seven seed. And I think one thing that's interesting is that look, it's not part of their dynasty because it was a whole different era with Jim Harbaugh, but you are talking about a team. This is, they've gone to seven NFC title games in the past 13 years. I mean, does that blow your mind? Just think about that. It's remarkable. I mean, you know, but there's, there's a difference between when we're talking about dynasty and we're talking about organizational stability. I right. mean, we could talk about the Pittsburgh Steelers never having a losing season under Mike Tomlin and that's all well and good, but what is the ceiling of that team? It's certainly not a dynasty. It's just that you don't bottom out. You don't stink. And that there's something to be said for that. But that doesn't put you in the pantheon of dynasty, which I would say is the highest team realm you could put an organization in, in, in an era in. So, yeah, it's great that this team, the 49ers, has been competitive throughout the really like the turn of the, you know, pretty much their entire existence, it feels like. But it doesn't necessarily push them into that next tier. You put some Lombardis on there and you start to rack up a few with Purdy and Shanahan, then we could start talking about you in that regard. And that starts obviously on February 11th in the Super Bowl. But right now you're kind of, you're at a very interesting crossroads about how you're going to be remembered. Yeah, absolutely. And, and you know, you did mention that the organizational stability and it is crazy to think about how long this team has been relevant and good. I mean, we're going back to 1981 with Joe Montana's first Super Bowl and they winning five Super Bowls between 1981 and 1994. So it's just mind-blowing to see how long the 49ers have been successful. So uh, I, I think we are kind of in agreement, though, that if 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 they win this game, this is potentially a budding dynasty, right? For sure. I think that once the, if they win this Super Bowl, you know, you always see like, here's the early odds for next year's Super Bowl. They'll certainly be number one. Honestly, they might even be number one if they lose the Super Bowl. That's how talented they are. So I could, this team is going to be competitive for years to come. It'll be interesting what happens when they have to pay Brock Purdy. And if this dude has a Super Bowl under his belt, that's going to change. You know, it's very easy to build a team behind a dude that's making the salary of Mr. Irrelevant. When you have to pay him relative to the quarterbacks of today's NFL, not even talking about, you know, him being paid as the highest paid quarterback, but you put him in, I don't know, even just the top 10, top 15, that's going to change how your roster is structured. So that'll be interesting. But ultimately, there's talent all across this roster. They should be competitive in 2024 and in 2025. Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned Purdy's salary. Uh, box seats, get a suite at Allegiant Stadium for the Super Bowl. That costs more than a million dollars. That is more than Brock Purdy makes an entire season. He couldn't afford it. And Christian McCaffrey, he makes a ton of money. His family said they're not going to sit in a suite. Uh, but I'm guessing Travis Kelsey and Taylor Swift will fork over a check and sit in a suite. Uh, it's just crazy to think what kind of bargain Brock Purdy is right now. All right, that's the 49ers side of the dynasty. When we come back, we're going to get to the Chiefs side of the dynasty. We're not just going to ignore Kansas City there half the game. Uh, so, but Tyler, 
we're going to do something fun before that. We're going to pick the winners of the next three Super Bowls. All of that coming to you after the break. Robert Half Research indicates nine out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. You know, Saul, usually the recording, the best bet show today, one of the things they do on there is the pick six parlay. Well, guess what? Sully and I aren't going to steal their idea. That's their thing, the pick six parlay. But we're going to do something else. We're going to go crazy and predict the winners of the next three Super Bowls. Super Bowl 58, Super Bowl 59 in New Orleans, Super Bowl 60 out in the Bay Area. We are going to predict the winners. Uh, I feel like the Super Bowl 58 prediction is going to be easy because we know the two teams that are actually playing in the game uh, Solly, give me your pick for Super Bowl 58. And before you do, I will tell you that this Dynasty Super Bowl pick segment is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. Make every moment more. You know, Breach, I go back and forth, and I probably put way too much emphasis on the silly Madden NFL simulation that I do every year before the Super Bowl because... It's been correct the past three years, so I'm trying not to sleep on it too much. It had the San Francisco 49ers winning, but I think I have to go against them. I'm going with the Kansas City Chiefs to win this Super Bowl. I just can't get in the way of Patrick Mahomes, who I consider, I mean, he's on the track to possibly surpass Tom Brady's the greatest of all time. And I say that with Patriots banners behind me. I am well okay with admitting that this dude is very much on the track. It's going to take him a while, but this dude is as talented and as generational as we've seen in the NFL since Tom Brady. And I think that he's putting the Chiefs in position to not only win this game, but win their third Super Bowl in five years, certainly call themselves a dynasty. And the fact that he now has the best defense he's ever played with, I think that this this could be a very big Chiefs win here. Yeah, I don't think that is a crazy prediction. For me, It's you kind of look at what the 49ers have done in the playoffs. They are just barely surviving by the skin of their teeth. I mean, every game, it looks like they're going to lose and they pull off something miraculous in the fourth quarter. And the other part is that really since Christmas, you look at what's happened when they played a good quarterback. I mean, Lamar Jackson played really well against them on Christmas. Jordan Love played pretty well for three quarters against them in the wild card or the, the divisional round. And then Jared Goff played really well for three quarters in the NFC Championship game. And so when you have quarterbacks like that, putting up big numbers, and now you have to face Patrick Mahomes. It, this is not the same 49ers defense that the Chiefs saw in Super Bowl 54. That was an all-time 49ers defense that Mahomes really struggled with until he got things together in the fourth quarter, and the Chiefs outscored the 49ers 21 to nothing, I think, to uh, win that one. 
So I, I think Patrick Mahomes is going to have a big day. And the reason I said your prediction doesn't sound crazy, because I think it could also be, I could see the Chiefs winning this by seven or 10 points. I, I mean, yeah. It blows my mind that they're an underdog after being an underdog in two straight weeks. It's like, stop making the odds makers are literally putting a chip on Patrick Mahomes's shoulder and begging him to just have it blow up in their face. And that seems like what's going to happen. Uh, so we are both on the Chiefs plus two and a half, right? Yep. All right. Let's sure. move on to Super Bowl 59. We have no idea who's in Super Bowl 59. We have some odds out for Super Bowl 59, uh, but that is about all we have. And I'll just say real quick the favorite. The two favorites are the two teams playing in the Super Bowl right now. 49ers plus 450, the Chiefs plus 750. And then at the bottom, you have the Panthers at plus 25,000. You become a millionaire if you bet on the Panthers. <laughs> uh, the Titans and Patriots, Sully, are way down there at the bottom of the odds at plus 15,000. Uh, so here is my question. Who is going to win Super Bowl 59. Well, I'm certainly not going to pick the New England Patriots or any of those teams that are at the bottom there, but I will give you some value because I do think that there's value on the board here. I don't necessarily know if this is my slam dunk. They're definitely going to win it, but I like the New York Jets at 30 to 1, and I love the Los Angeles Chargers at 30 to 1. Obviously, the 2023 season for New York went completely awry in four plays. Aaron Rodgers, we all know the story, blown Achilles. If he comes back and he's just a regular quarterback, and I'm not talking about Aaron Rodgers. I'm talking about you give me baseline, average quarterback play. This team could could win the division. I, I'm not that. I would not be surprised with the defense that they have, the offensive weapons that they have. If you just give me average quarterback play, I think this team is going to be a tough out each and every single week because of all the things I just mentioned. This year, they didn't have that. They had well below average quarterback play so if we get just average quarterback play from Aaron Rodgers I think they're a legit Super Bowl threat and obviously there's a ceiling for that to go even higher and then the Chargers over the last few years what has been their biggest weakness it's been in-game coaching it's been lack of discipline all of the stuff under Brandon Staley that you can point to and say it's it's on you man this this roster is extremely talented Justin Herbert one of the youngest and most talented quarterbacks we have in the league you're kind of wasting it. And now you bring in a guy like Jim Harbaugh, who has been to a Super Bowl with the San Francisco 49ers, has, was able to kind of revitalize that franchise almost instantly. Certainly, of course, just won a national championship at Michigan. It's not going to be the same old Chargers. I don't think we're going to have the Chargering with Jim, with Jim Harbaugh as the head coach on the sideline. And if you're telling me with that talent, they're going to be well coached, I think they could go toe-to-toe -to -toe with anyone. Uh, and I'm guessing that assumes that Aaron Rodgers lasts more than the opening possession of the first game. Yes. Uh, and that the Chargers stop charging. And you know what's interesting, Solly, is that you picked two AFC teams, which means two teams that are in the same conference as the Chiefs, who are the dynasty that we're going to be talking about in a second. So we're picking against the Chiefs. Uh, and I am also picking an AFC team. We already know who I'm picking. There is no tease here. I'm going with the Bengals. Look, at 15 to 1, I'm going to jump all over the Bengals. We're talking about a team that lost Joe Burrow for half the season, still managed to finish 9 and 8. Uh, and look, if Joe Burrow's healthy, this team is one of the best teams in the AFC. Patrick Mahomes is only has one playoff loss to an active quarterback that is Joe Burrow. They barely beat the Bengals uh in the AFC Championship game last year. And it was a game the Bengals probably should have won. The Bengals should have lost the first time they played the Chiefs and won the second time, which is weird to say. Um, but the two games, they had a healthy, fully healthy Joe Burrow for two games 
in 2023, Sully. You know what happened in those two games? They what beat happened? the 49ers by two touchdowns, and they beat the Bills 24-18. to 18. That was it. Before that, he was dealing with something in every other game, or he just finally uh, went out like he did against the Ravens uh, when he got injured there in that Thursday night game in November. So I do think the Bengals do have a lot of questions. You, we don't know what's going to happen with T. Higgins. Uh, hopefully they keep him. I know they want to keep him, but it's going to be expensive. Maybe you hit him with the franchise tag. Jonah Williams is going to be a free agent. So you have some questions on the offensive line, which is a huge issue for that team and has been a huge issue. So either you're going to talk him into coming back somehow or you need a right tackle. Uh, so that's not ideal. Uh, but as far as it goes, as long as Joe Burrow is healthy and you have Zach Taylor, I think this team is good enough to get to the Super Bowl and win it. All right, Solly, we know. Uh, so we have the Chargers, Jets, and Bengals as our choices for Super Bowl 59. Let's get to the big one. Super Bowl 60. Who do you have winning uh, this big game? And, and of course, you know, let's just mention that, of course, the 49ers and the Chiefs are going to be in these conversations. We're just trying to be a little bit different. Obviously, it'd be weird if we're just like Chiefs, 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 or 49ers, 49ers, 49ers. And that's why I'm going a little bit off the grid here. I think the Houston Texans for Super Bowl 60 in what would be right year three for CJ Stroud, year three, year, year four. We've already seen what he's able to do in one one season in the NFL. For a brief moment, was in MVP discussions. Of course, the slam dunk offensive rookie of the year. If they are able to build a culture around C.J. Stroud and build up that roster with D'Amico Ryans, I don't think that there's any doubt that this team will be in playoff contention. And in about a few more years, three more years, that would kind of line up for them to really ramp things up and to take that leap in the postseason and so hey let's see what the houston texans can do winning super bowl 60 i like it and again we're going with another afc team we just love the afc teams are we sleeping on the nfc or is the afc just better uh we're probably sleeping on some teams in the nfc if we're being totally honest but i think the young quarterbacks in that division really the quarterbacks in that entire conference i mean it's just a little bit more special and so that's where kind of where i am leaning that way you know, the crazy thing for me is that I don't trust any of the teams in the NFC East. Like, I feel like the Cowboys and the yeah. Eagles could certainly both be good, but uh, I'm not sure Super Bowl good. And you can't take the Cowboys just because they seem to choke every year in the playoffs. Mm -hmm. the NFC North is a little dicier, but it feels like the Packers and Lions probably would be the two teams competing in, for that division title uh, in two years when Super Bowl 60 is being played. And I I'm not sure I can pick Jordan Love or Jared Goff. If he's even there, we don't know if Jared Goff is going to be there. And the only other variable, if you want to talk about the NFC North, is, I mean, if Caleb Williams is this generational dude, if he's that guy, then sure, maybe with Chicago if they draft the number one overall. But that's a lot to ask for a guy in year two, like I'm saying with C.J. Stroud in year three. And then real quick, the NFC West, obviously the 49ers, great team. We're we just finished talking about whether or not they could be a dynasty. But look, you give the Rams a few more pieces. They were good, I think, a year before they were supposed to be good this year. And they're only going to get better. I think they can compete with the 49ers. The Seahawks just hired a coach who absolutely shut down the 49ers offense on Christmas Day when you, you're getting the Rams, Ravens defense coordinator. Uh, so anyway, long story short, my Super Bowl 60 pick is not in the NFC, even though we just spent that whole conversation talking about it. Uh, Sully, I feel bad here. I am I am taking the easy way out. I am taking the Chiefs to win Super <laughs> Bowl 60. I think they get, they get mad that they lose. They lose to the Bengals again in the AFC title game going into <laughs> Super Bowl 59, and it sparks them to a Super Bowl title just like it did uh, two years ago when they lost and then winning it last year. So 
There are our picks for the next three Super Bowls. Sully likes the Chiefs this year. Jets in charge of Super Bowl 59. Texans in Super Bowl 60. I like the Chiefs this year. Bengals in Super Bowl 59. And the Chiefs again in Super Bowl 60. These Dynasty Super Bowl picks segment was brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. Make every moment more. All right, Sully. Let's get to our favorite dynasty, the Chiefs dynasty. Uh, this is a dynasty, right? Or we're full-fledged dynasty no matter what happens, or do they have to win? I would say that they win this one. It's clear-cut, no doubt about it. They're a dynasty. If they, you know, again, if they lose this one and they come back and win, however you were saying earlier, then okay, fine. We can start talking about where that where that ranks and if that qualifies. But certainly, you win this game, yep, it's a dynasty. Three out of five, you are, and, and honestly, You've reached the Super Bowl in what? It's four out of five. I'm, I'm not wrong in saying that. Like, that's you. The fact that you were able to not only win three titles if you win this game, but make it there almost each and every single year. You've made it to the AFC Championship, and every year that Patrick Mahomes has been the starter, yeah, we're talking about not only a dynasty, but we're talking about one of the greatest dynasties that we've seen so far in the NFL. So it's. It's, it's pretty remarkable what we're seeing so early from this team. It's It almost reminds me a little bit more because, you know, obviously up here it gets compared to New England all the time. What they're doing now reminds me more of the Patriots dynasty or the second leg of New England's dynasty, the, the most recent three Super Bowls, because it's just so dominant. You've been in the, the final, final four in the AFC Championship every single year, and if you don't even get to the Super Bowl, it feels like a disappointment. The inevitability of this Chiefs team is what strikes me and what has me considering them as one of the greatest dynasties we've seen so far. Well, that's funny. You think that they're one of the greatest so far. Where would you rank them uh, as far as the greatest dynasties in NFL history? And we'll assume this assumes they win on February 11th on CBS in Las Vegas. They win that game. Where do you put this team uh, as far as all the dynasties go? Yeah, I, I think right now you probably put them in the top five of the greatest you've seen so far. And, and, and quickly, you know, just, you know, the uh, Patriots, Steelers of the 70s, 49ers of the 80s and early 90s, Cowboys in the 90s, and then I would probably put Kansas City. But if they win three out of five in the manner of which they've done it, I think you could talk about them squeaking up to that number four spot with Dallas and, and ousting that crew from the early 90s. Yeah, I mean, the only one I would definitely put ahead of them is the Patriots because it was so long. And I don't think I don't look at it as two yeah. dynasties. I feel like because they went to the Super Bowl in 2007 and the Super Bowl in 2011, that it was that connected them all, even though they didn't win and they were going to the playoffs every year. It's not like they and like you said, having the same head coach, same quarterback, I think, plays into that. So I just view it as one long yeah. dynasty. Uh, I think the 49ers first dynasty in the 80s. It, a lot to be said for that. I mean, Bill Walsh kind of rewrote how the NFL does things. Uh, so uh, I, I like them there, but I think you could make the argument the Chiefs are top three if they are able to win on Sunday. So it'll be interesting to see. I mean, this is a team we're going to talk about for ages if they win. Just the Mahomes era. It's everything. It's Andy Reid. It's Patrick Mahomes. Uh, but with Andy Reid, if he wins, if the Chiefs win, where does this put him in the conversation as far as 
the best NFL coaches of all time. I, I know. It's so funny because it, it's kind of like what we were talking about earlier. This dude used to be clowned on for his clock management. I mean, he was the butt of a lot of jokes in the NFL. And I don't think modern NFL fans kind of realize that. But this dude was was kind of clowned on for, for a lot of his tenure. Now we're talking about him, rightfully so, as one of the greatest head coaches that the league has ever seen. I mean, if he's able to hang on with the roster that they have, and certainly with Patrick Mahomes under center, we're talking about a dude that's not that far off. You know, we talk a lot about Bill Belichick trying to get the Don Shula record. Don't sleep on Big Red. This guy could easily rack up double-digit win seasons for the next handful of years for as long as he wants to coach, and he'll be right in that conversation as well. So I don't know if he can do much to put himself in the Belichick, Shula, Landry kind of uh, pantheon, plateau, whatever you want to say. But I would say he's that, you know, at the very top of that next tier of great head coaches that the NFL has ever seen. I, I think that that's certainly within range and it probably already is still there. Yeah, and you mentioned that the, the people used to clown on Reed for the way his teams always ended up in the playoffs, which was they ended up losing in the most shocking way possible. Let's not forget that this team blew a 38-10 lead to the Colts during Reed's first year with the team. Just imagine that where everybody's saying this guy can't get to win the big one. He gets to the playoffs his first year in Kansas City. You go up 38-10 to on the Colts, and you lose 45-44 in one of the craziest games, uh, playoff games in NFL history. Uh, in 2016, in that postseason, they play the Steelers. The Steelers do not score a single touchdown, and the Chiefs still lose. So you, I, I think the Steelers got six Chris Boswell field goals, and Steelers end up winning 18-16. to 16. The next year, the Chiefs are beating the Tennessee Titans 21-3 to in the playoffs. The Titans have no offense. There's no reason they should ever be able to come back from a 21-3 to deficit. Marcus Mariota throws a touchdown pass to himself, and the Titans somehow come back and win 22-21. to and you know what? The Titans end up firing their coach anyway. Not the Chiefs, though. They kept their coach, and their payoff was Patrick Mahomes. They trade up and get him, and everything has changed since then. And you know, it's funny to think about where these guys are. Uh, you know, you mentioned Reed could sneak up there on the all-time wins list when you include playoffs. Donchell was at yep. 347. Andy Reed is getting close to 300. And if Belichick isn't coaching next year, I think Belichick is uh, 50 games, 50 wins ahead of Reed when you include uh, playoffs and regular season. Well, if you go 13 and four next year and win two playoff games, now you're only 35 behind Belichick. And we don't know that Belichick's going to get another coaching job. He's going to be 72 next year. Teams might not want to deal with knowing that he's not going to be there long-term. It's going to be a two- or three-year deal. So, yeah, I think you can definitely put Andy Reid in the conversation as one of the five best coaches uh, in NFL history. But, Solly, can you do that with Patrick Mahomes? He's already one of the five best quarterbacks ever. What, what's going on? What's your take on where he stands historically? I, you know, I wrote about it earlier this week because you know, a lot of, you know, obviously the conversation is turned into, is he going to pass Brady? Has he already passed Brady? And certainly that's premature, but you got to start somewhere, right? And the fact that he is already on a trajectory that in many respects exceeds Tom Brady's output in his first six seasons as a starting quarterback. And if he wins this latest Super Bowl, he would tie Tom Brady with the most amount of Super Bowls over that stretch as well is just is remarkable. And so 
I think it does get lost, though, about where he already stacks up amongst the greatest playoff quarterbacks of all time. I mean, he is, I believe, one win away from surpassing Peyton Manning and, and a slew of other quarterbacks with four, with he would then have 15 playoff wins. And if he wins his third, he, again, passes Manning, passes Eli Manning, passes a ton of all-time great quarterbacks who have two Super Bowl titles to then being in that even rarer air of having three. So as much as we talk about, okay, this guy might, you know, one day pass Tom Brady, he's already knocking on the door of some of these dudes like Aaron Rodgers, Peyton Manning, uh, go down the John Elway. I mean, go down the list of these guys that he's already neck and neck with in NFL history in terms of his playoff totals, championships, go down the list. So if you want to call him a top five quarterback in NFL history, I wouldn't fight you too much, to be perfectly honest with you. And I try not to be a prisoner of the moment. But when you look at all of what he's accomplished so far, and then you project what he's going to be going forward, boy, it is it is something that we haven't seen before in the league. Well, it's funny because after they won last year and beat the Eagles in the Super Bowl, I wrote a column that if Patrick Mahomes retired after that game, that I think he's Hall of Famer. You put him in the Hall of Fame, even though he'd only started uh, five full seasons at that point, but you have uh, two Super Bowl wins and everything you've done in the playoffs. And if he does win, if the Chiefs do win on Super Bowl Sunday and they beat the 49ers, you become one of only five quarterbacks in NFL history who have won three or more Super Bowls. You have Tom Brady with seven. You have Terry Bradshaw with four. You have Joe Montana with four. You have Troy Aikman with three. That's it. That's the list. That's your entire list of, and I would think that most people would agree that Patrick Mahomes is more talented than Terry Bradshaw, than Troy Aikman, than, and then, you know, you have Montana and Brady up there. So, and I think most people probably throw Peyton Manning in there with his two Super Bowl rings. So it does feel like that puts Mahomes absolutely in the top five. And you said you would, you know, you wouldn't argue with anyone who wants to put him in the top five. I would argue with people who want to put him out of the top five because I think that's where he belongs right now. No, it's totally true. And I just and I just quickly looked up the stats as well. Playoff most wins by a playoff quarterback in NFL history. Tom Brady has 35, ridiculous number. Joe Montana, 16, number two. And then there's a cluster of quarterbacks with 14, including Patrick Mahomes. So we're talking about a guy that if he wins this Super Bowl. He becomes the third most winningest quarterback in playoff history. The guy's in year six. It's crazy that we're already talking about him in that level. And the dudes that he's looking up at, Joe Montana and Tom Brady, and passing guys like Bradshaw, Elway, Manning. And, you know, just if you keep going down down the list further, I mean, and we're not even talking about that many games played. Like, I know some people might say, okay, but what are the games played? Patrick Mahomes played in 17 playoff games. This will be his 18th. Manning's played in 27. Elway's played in 22. Bradshaw, 19. He's doing it in less time than these quarterbacks as well over that same stretch. You go, you look at yardage. I mean, it's just, it, it's remarkable. He throws for 160 more yards. He's passing Drew Brees. He's passing John Elway. It's the names that he's already putting himself up to. I know we talk about Brady, but boy, when you're starting <laughs> already, year six, and you're past a guy like Elway and Manning, that's that's you can't sleep on that. That's that's rarefied air. 
And the crazy thing is, we're talking about how good Andy Reid is, how good Patrick Mahomes is, and now you add this new wrinkle that the defense is actually good. I mean, the first few years, Mahomes didn't really have the benefit of having a great defense, which is something Tom Brady almost always had with Belichick there and being such a defensive genius. But this year, now you get to play with a defense that gave up the second fewest points in the NFL. The, a defense that gave up the fourth fewest passing yards. A defense that's good. How much do you think that adds to the chip? Do you think this that can be sustained? Uh, do you think Spagnuolo will stay? And how much do you think that helps this team as they look to continue their dynastic run? A lot there. And you're right. This defense has been unreal. It's why we cautioned I, I, a lot of people going into these playoffs. Hey, listen, I know that the big story about Kansas City has been the wide receivers and they lead the league in drops and, and yada, yada. But they have one of the best quarterbacks, if not the best quarterback in the league, stable coaching. They can run the football and they have a shut down defense. All of that is the is the perfect mix to win in the postseason and win a Super Bowl. And the question of can that help them in this game? Certainly. It's going to give them an edge. You could argue that they have the best defense on the field, and that's against the 49ers unit that's in its own right. Fantastic. But what the Chiefs have been able to do this year is the type of thing that you need to do when, you when you're trying to create a dynasty. It cannot just all be on the quarterback. It cannot just all be on the head coach. You need to be able to have other areas come up big. And that to me is been this defense year in and year out with all the struggles that they've had. The one thing that they can lean on is that the offense is going to get the ball back quickly because the defense has been so good. So from this year, 2023 or 2024, they're going to put them in a position to win a championship and solidify themselves as a dynasty going forward. There's some questions because you have Chris Jones slated to be a free agent. I believe Sneed is slated to be a free agent. You never know what Spags. I mean, obviously, he's not going to leave, you know, outside of retiring. There's no head coaching spots for him to go to. So that's, a, you know, a question mark going into 2024 and 2025. Can they keep these guys in house? But if they can, these pieces are the makings of one of the top units in the NFL. And when you have that compared alongside Patrick Mahomes, yeah, the sky's the limit. Well, Sully, we talked about whether the 49ers can become a dynasty. We talked about the Chiefs will become a dynasty if they win on Sunday. The only way to conclude this is after the break, we're going to come back and rank the best dynasties of all time. Will your favorite team make the list? I know Sully's will. Does your team even have a dynasty? Because mine doesn't. But first, Super Bowl Sunday, February 11th. We can't wait for the biggest game of the year. Super Bowl 58 is on CBS, and we'll see two legendary franchises square off with the unstoppable 49ers take on the Kansas City Chiefs, who have their sights set on back-to-back -back Lombardi trophies. Live coverage begins at 11.30 a.m. Eastern and goes right up until kickoff. Super Bowl 58 will be coming at you February 11th on CBS and streaming on Paramount+. Plus. All right, Breach. So let's get down to it. We kind of teased it a little bit earlier, but let's go through the NFL history, starting from 1970. Let's go with the merger because, you know, I, I don't, I don't want to go into NFL championships and things like that. Let's talk about Super Bowls. 
and let's try to find the five best dynasties of all time. We could start with five and work our way up or go work from one, work our way down, whatever you want to do. And here's just a few that we can kind of pick from. It's the Kansas City Chiefs dynasty, if that's what we want to call it. Let's presume maybe that they win here, 2019 to the present. The New England Patriots, I think you and I are both in agreement that it's the whole totality, 01 to 18. I don't know if we splice those up into two. I think that that's all one. You have the Cowboys of the 90s. We have the Bills of the 90s, which we talked about. The Commanders going from the 80s to the 90s. The 49ers of the 80s and 90s. Steelers of the 70s. Where do you where do you want to start? Do you want to start at five or do you want to start at one? Uh, let's start. My goodness. Let's start at five. I guess we want to tease it. I I think starting at one would make sense because I think five is where it gets dicier. Right. Right. Uh, It's a weird weird inverse. Right. But yeah, let's do five. Sure. What do you think? I personally am putting the Kansas City Chiefs this current run at number five, especially if they win. But let's put them you know, so we're not prisoners of the moment too much. I personally would put them at number five and that best some of the Buffalo Bills of the 90s. Again, they didn't win a title, so I can't really, you know, in good conscience, put them in front of the Chiefs, who, in my opinion, might win three in the span of five years. Puts them in front of the Dolphins, which obviously includes an undefeated team, but it just doesn't feel like they have the staying power, the legacy that I think Kansas City might over the next few years, over the next decade plus. Yeah, I like the Chiefs. Uh, I know, I think I was a little bit higher on them. I think I said I would probably put them in the top three, but I am fine putting them at number five because I don't want to be accused of being a prisoner of the moment. Uh, That guy doesn't know anything about NFL history. Chiefs aren't (laughs) top three. He's so dumb, even though his team's the Bengals and they lost to the 49ers twice. I know all about dynasties. 49ers you don't get my vote San Francisco no I'm just kidding uh yeah let's put them at five that works I won't push back too hard on that one okay okay and then number four I would go with the 90s Cowboys like we're saying you win three in in a span of four years you have Hall of Famers pretty much across the list to me that is that's where I would go what about you uh yeah so i would have put the cowboys at five when i said i put the chiefs in top three i think the cowboys i would have put at five personally but obviously this is only one spot up if you had the cowboys at two i would push back but at number four i am good with that it's just such a i think the crazy thing about the cowboys is just the fact that they went from one in 15 in 1989 to a super bowl win in 1992 that just how quickly they were able to flip around the franchise. And then let's not forget their three Super Bowls in four years. The year they didn't win the Super Bowl, they made it to the NFC Championship game. So this was a team that came incredibly close to winning four straight Super Bowls. Uh, but then they got smoked by the 49ers that that one NFC title game. They didn't make it. Uh, so yeah, they're good at four. And then number three, and I think this is where we might have the most disagreement, but I have the San Francisco 49ers from 85 to 90. And obviously, we talk about one of the greatest dynasties of all time. They're certainly in it. You have one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time in Joe Montana, 4-0 in those Super Bowls. Iconic moments throughout that dynasty, like the catch. You go down the list, I still because of the team I put at number two, but I like them at number three here, but I, I could be swayed to go number two if you'd like. 
Yeah, see, I look at the 49ers dynasty kind of like the uh, Patriots, even though they had the quarterback switch from Joe Montana to Steve Young. I kind of lump it all together from 81 to 94 because you're talking about a team that made nine NFC title game appearances in 14 years. I mean, that's a pretty ridiculous number. You win five Super Bowls in that span, uh, which obviously is impressive. That's one Super Bowl every three years. And so in that sense, I do think I would probably put them at two. I just okay. think that you're talking about one of the best coaches of all time, in Bill Walsh, one of the best quarterbacks of all time in Joe Montana, one of the best, the best receiver of all time and Jerry Rice and, and Ronnie. I mean, this is just all these superstars and they were just good for so long. So I would probably put and, and look, I'm the one guy who should be picking against the 49ers because uh, they cost the Bengals two. Lombardi trophies, but I think I have enough respect for them that I would put them at number two. Okay. And so they're going toe to toe with the number two pick that I had, which was the 70 Steelers. And so, you know, you're talking about, and I, I think you could kind of go either way on this one. So I'm not going to fight you too, too hard, but you have, I mean, just a ton of Hall of Fame talent, Joe Green, Terry Bradshaw, and the way that they were able to do it in terms of going up against elite competition, John Shula's Dolphins, the Landry Cowboys, the Madden Raiders. I, I just like the path. I like the the history of, of you know, that turned them into a blue blood, blue chip organization in the NFL. So I, I kind of like where they stand and what they what their mark has been in NFL history and making the Steelers one of these storied franchises. But it's the same thing that you could say for San Francisco. That is the same thing. That run made them a blue blood in the NFL. So I, I'm good with either way. I think that I think that we can go with number two, San Francisco, and number three, Pittsburgh. And then of course, number one, you know, I won't I won't harp on it too much, but clearly it's it's New England. The, the, starting from 01, going to 2018, it, it's very similar to what we were talking about with with Kansas City. The inevitability that the Chiefs have now adopted they took that from New England. It, it was a surprise when they were bounced from the divisional round. It was almost a custom that the road to the Super Bowl in the AFC was going through Foxborough in an AFC championship game. And more often than not, they were getting to a Super Bowl. And you have one of the great, you have the greatest quarterback of all time. You have the, one of the greatest head coaches in NFL history over that stretch as the two pillars. To me, I don't think that there's anything that the NFL can, that can match that. Yeah, I absolutely agree with that. And the one thing I will say, just because we rank the Cowboys at four, is that the Cowboys also arguably had a dynasty in the sure. 70s. Sure. They went to six NFC title games in nine years. They went to five Super Bowls in nine years, but they lost three of those five Super Bowls. And so that's where you could be getting if the Chiefs lose on Sunday and then get to another one and lose again. And now uh, – you've got a losing losing record in the Super Bowl, and that would change things. Well, it's totally true. And, and you know, kind of going back to what we were saying with New England, it's why that 2014 Super Bowl, Super Bowl 49 against the Seattle Seahawks, was so massive for that organization because they were coming off two Super Bowl losses to the Giants. They hadn't won since 2004. They dra- they're drafting Jimmy Garoppolo. You're wondering, is this thing going to end? And what is... Five and or three and three in the Super Bowl uh, is compared to four and two. It changes the argument immensely. So 
when you're talking about the New England Patriots and you're talking about those other dynasties, yeah, these wins and losses certainly can sway things. I mean, like we were saying earlier, with the San Francisco 49ers, if they lose this game, they're now the Buffalo Bills of the 90s. And if they win this game, it's possible that they become this new dynasty. And for Kansas City, if they lose this game and they start to pile up a couple other losses, then sure, it changes things. But if they win this one, then they're then they're off to the races as one of the greatest we've ever seen. So there's a lot of variance in all of these games. So it, it's just fascinating to see as, as we kind of rocket towards this Super Bowl and obviously look at these past ones, how a win here or there could change things. So if they win, do you move them up to fourth on this list or keep them at five? I think I... I think I would move them up to four. I'm I, again. I'm trying not to be, you know, too reactionary. But from what I think Patrick Mahomes is going to be, and I'm and I am projecting out a little bit. From what I think that he's going to be able to accomplish with Andy Reid and with the Kansas City Chiefs, I think we're going to be looking at them as a, a, you know a top five, top four, possibly even top three dynasty in the league. Well, Solly, that is it. We ranked the dynasties. We talked about the Chiefs as a dynasty, the 49ers a possible budding dynasty. That is the end of the show. Thank you, everyone, uh, for showing up. Sullivan and I might have a budding dynasty here. This is three shows in 24 hours, man. This I would call crazy. that a dynasty. I would call that a dynasty. <laughs> uh, all right, everyone, come back next week because we have all of our Super Bowl 58 coverage, a lot of it live from Las Vegas. Remember to like. Leave a friendly comment telling everyone how much you love Solly and I on the show. Subscribe on our YouTube page. Uh, and everyone listening on the audio version, video version, we love you all. And we'll see you next week. <laughs>